I really want merch. I want my own merch. I want... just like put our faces on it like this. No, <laughs> I want like a sweatshirt with my podcast yeah, on it. Zero's element. Ew. Ew. Oh, great. What is this? 16? 116. So it's you. <laughs> Tis I. What's up? Episode 116 of I'm sorry. What? Don't flick me off. I'm sorry. What? Don't flick me off. No, that's not it. I'm sorry. What the podcast? This is our new podcast. I'm sorry. Don't flick, don't me, flick off. me off. <laughs> okay, Karen. Um. Again, I'm. Well, what? Huh? What? That was a lot. There was a lot happening there. I don't know what my brain was doing. So I'm sorry. What the podcast? I'm Christina. That's Amanda. What up? we're here <laughs> is it my first time starting this i don't know okay anyway hey hi 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 you dern better than you apparently <laughs> you just developed like a stutter or what's happening here we were just talking for like 40 minutes and then now all of a sudden your brain went bloop bloop my, my brain's bloop. like oh you have to perform just kidding get scared pucker not, the going, to, not going to happen thank you uh, how you doing boo oh i'm doing i'm doing so sweet sounds good sounds good had my mri this week find out tomorrow if i have to have surgery on my ankle oh is that that's all set up for tomorrow huh Mm-hmm. let's hope for the best that it's not like not, major stuff no not, it's not no not. I'm, I'm hoping we don't have to have surgery but at the same time if that's what it takes to make my ankle stop hurting i'll do it you blew another tire huh might have we'll find out i don't know shit son blew another tire <laughs> oh boy surgeries i can do before they're just like we gotta cut it off but you know what that's it we are giving you a, a bionic, bionic leg yeah i'll take it go go gadget foot <laughs> that would be so cool wouldn't that be cool go-go gadget <laughs> if i had like a go go gadget foot i'd be that'd be so cool yeah <laughs> could like pick locks with my foot or you know? <laughs> just lift your leg up and it turns into a key <laughs> shoot like a laser beam at someone from my foot you know lord that would be i feel cool. like i would be highly irresponsible with my go-go gadget foot uh yeah especially if you have a fucking laser on it <laughs> so many people would be blinded oh god go oh, god <laughs> sorry i was practicing my high kicks <laughs> can't help that i have such dancers legs <laughs> so fucking dumb how are you i'm good i can't complain just living the dream you know oh Oh, yeah yeah do i look like one of those thirst traps on tiktok one of the dudes (laughs) have you seen that one where she goes she's like whoever told people that this yeah and it's a guy who's like start he's like have you seen the reaction video of it it's a guy Okay, so there's one where it's a guy and he's watching her video and he starts it by going like this. Oh. And then he's he's doing that he's doing the hand thing while she's talking and then all of a sudden she's like, "Whoever told the guys that like they a house fly?" <laughs> and he's he's like you can just see him slowly shrink into himself because he's <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Yeah, and it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I don't know what that is. What are you what are you putting oh, lotion on? Like acne waiting to happen know, stop your touching face. stop touching your face quit rubbing your hands together oh <laughs> i'm gonna make them real greasy rub them together and then i'm gonna rub my chin <laughs> all, all right. right kids what's up 
Um, Kids, don't listen. No. Should I tell you a story? I'm ready. We're just going to hop right in because I don't have anything else to say. Me neither. Other than we might have some positive news coming out. About yeah, we got we got things motion in the ocean happening we now. We got some moving and grooving happening. Heck yeah. <laughs> you stole motion <laughs> in the ocean and I was like, I got to say something. <laughs> so I went with moving and grooving. I don't, it's, I don't. It's fine. We're 70. I should have said working and twerking. <laughs> we got some working and twerking, <laughs> twerking happening. Hey. Hey. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about Ryan Waller and Heather Kwan. Okay. You ever heard of this? i don't know i would hope you have like if you i don't hope you have because i want you to be surprised about this but i feel like if you heard the names you would know because it's it's fucked up so on december 25th 2006 or christmas eve ryan waller and his yeah it's christmas day oh yeah sorry (laughs) i was like wait what (laughs) did i hear something wrong 24th is eve sorry anyway I know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> so Ryan Waller and his girlfriend, Heather Kwan, uh, were supposed to go to his father's house for Christmas dinner. Okay. Uh, but they never showed up. So concerned, his father, Don, called the police to do a wellness check. Uh, Phoenix police showed up at his house for a wellness check and they knocked on the door. So at first no one answered, but they thought they could hear someone moving around in there. So they like knocked a little bit more forcefully. Um, and Ryan answered, but the way he answered was like really weird. Like he just kind of opened the door and just stood there. He didn't say anything. He just kind of stared into space. Um, he was acting very like kind of weird. 50. Yeah. Um, he also looked very rough. He had a severe black eye that was swollen shut and looked like he had taken like multiple punches to the face basically. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so he was really not looking at them. He opened the door, didn't say anything, didn't be like, what do you need? Who are you? Why are you here? He just kind of stared at them. And the police like identified themselves and are like. I think I know this story. I okay. just all of a sudden had a moment. Okay. So the police kind of identified himself um, and they asked if they could see past Ryan while he was standing there, that there was someone laying on the couch and he asked if that was Heather and he didn't answer right away. And he kind of just swayed back and forth. And then he finally said, yeah, she's sleeping. And the police insisted on coming in to wake her up and check on her. Um, he didn't really comply or deny. He just kept kind of staring into space and eventually just kind of shifted and moved out of the way. Um, and when they entered into the house, they found his girlfriend, Heather Kwan, was dead on the couch from a gunshot wound to the head. And she had been dead for a couple of days. so police took a closer look at ryan and they realized there was blood on his clothes they took roughly 43 pictures of him his injuries and then confiscated his clothes put him in like a jumpsuit thing and then they placed him in the back of a squad car uh when they asked ryan what happened they couldn't really get a straight answer he kept saying his head hurt and he was tired and he didn't know what happened to heather uh he was just generally confused they left Ryan in the back of the squad car for hours while they investigated the crime scene. Okay. And they didn't give him any medical care for like the black eye or his head injuries or anything like that at that time. So around 5 a.m. it had been roughly like four-ish hours on December 26th. The police bring him to the station for interrogation. Um, And the interrogation is like 
really fucking weird. There's footage on YouTube. There's quite a few podcasts that have done this. I couldn't really find a lot of articles though. So it was kind of a hodgepodge of like, I watched the interview a couple of times and kind of put stuff together. Mm-hmm. It's really fucked up. Um, so they first leave Ryan alone and he sits mm-hmm. in the chair and he's just kind of like looking and scanning the room. And then he looks down and sees that there's a handcuff like hooked to the table, but he is not handcuffed. So he picks up the handcuff and wraps it around his wrist and like handcuffs himself to the table. He's like, oh, this is supposed to be on me. It's kind of like a... Uh- yeah. So then he he sits there for a little bit. Then he puts his hands on the table and lays his head down on the table. And he sits like that for a little bit. And then he stands up and tries to walk away from the table. And it's like, he can't get very far because the handcuff. And then he looks down at the handcuff confused. Like, when did that get there? And then he sits back down at the table. And then okay. he picks up like blank pieces of paper from the table and just kind of stares at it like he's reading something very intently but there's nothing on this piece of paper i've never that, seen anybody look at a paper so intensely that doesn't have <laughs> naked people on it didn't have a naked lady on it <laughs> um and that kind of he just keeps doing that basically staring at that sheet of paper until the cops come in so the cops come in um and say they have to photograph the bottom of his feet for dna like crime scene evidence and to make sure oh, they get blood, that all documented so, and stuff. yeah they yeah. have to swipe and do the swabs and stuff on the bottom of his feet um so he sits for a little bit like what do you want me to do and they're like you need to put your feet up on the table and it like takes him a second to like register what he's register what they're and, what he's supposed yeah. to do so then he puts his feet up on the table they do the swabs and they take the pictures and then um he's left alone in the interrogation room with detective dalton he keeps asking the detective like while they're swabbing his feet and doing that when he gets to go home because he has a really bad headache and he wants to lay down and so it's like almost like he doesn't understand the gravity of the situation right. he's in. um the detective then and he keeps going right you're not going home like this is serious you're not you're you don't We're get not to just go gonna home. let you go home Right. Um, so the detective then asks Ryan if he understands why Ryan is there. And he says, no, I don't understand what's going on. Um, the detective says, okay, I'm going to read you your rights like they do on TV. And he's like, you've seen the TV, right? And he's like, no. And the police are like, you don't know what I mean? You've never seen someone have their rights read on TV? You don't know what that means? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. And it's almost like he switches from confused to very defensive, like back and forth. He clearly has like a major head injury happening. We'll get there. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, 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 I know what I mean. And so they read him his rights. And then the detective starts asking basic questions to get like kind of a rapport going. They're trying to get him to talk. So he asked him questions like, what's the highest grade you ever achieved at school? And Ryan goes, I don't know. And the detective's like, you don't know? And he's like, oh, probably the eighth grade. And then they're like, okay, did you ever get your GED? And he goes, I don't know. And then they go, you don't know if you got your GED? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. And he does. He got. He had his GED. Like, they knew this. These are answers that they know. So they're trying to, he just, and then in between saying, like, I don't know to these basic questions, he's saying his head hurts. And he's asking mm-hmm. when he wants to go, he gets to go home or that he's really tired that's the other thing um the detective assumes he's lying and is not good at it so he continues he just kind of grazes over the lies and continues to question ryan 
Um, he then asks about Heather. He asks Ryan if he has a girlfriend, to which Ryan says no. Um, he then asks if he knows someone by the name of Heather. And he says, yeah, that's my girlfriend. And, but then he goes into this like long rambling speech about how she's got like, she's called this and some friends call her that. She's got a whole bunch of different nicknames and it's almost like someone's backpedaling. It kind right. of sounds, but it's, but at the same time, it's like, what, what are you fucking talking about? Like he it gave her, he said she has, sense. right. He said she has a different last name. It's not Quan. It's like Carmichael or something like that. And some of her friends call her this, but I call her this and she's got this. And um, it's just kind of like really nonsensical, basically. And then the detective asks what happens to his, what happened to his face? And Ryan said, I don't know. And then the detective keeps pressing him. Like, what do you mean? You don't know. You need to, you, you can't tell me you don't know what happened to have you, your face so swollen and black and blue. And they are thinking that have they had like an altercation and these were wounds that Heather gave him. Right. Um, he finally, he then tells detectives interviewing that he was shot in the eye. And the detective scoffed. He's kind of like, uh, you keep, you, you tell me you shot in the eye, Ryan, but if you're shot in the eye, you'd be dead. And Ryan's like, yeah, I thought so too. Like, and he's like, no, this doesn't make sense. You you can't have been shot point blank in the face and be walking around there. You'd be a lot more injured. There'd be a lot more blood. Like this doesn't make sense. And Ryan says that Richie Carver, who was his old roommate and his father broke into his house, shot him in the face, but that was just basically kind of dismissed as another nonsensical rambling because right. of the way he, it was kind of disjointed and just kind of okay. not like a clear explanation of what happened. The detective finally said, I need to know what happened in your house to Heather. How did she die? And he acted like, what do you mean she died? And the detective's like, she's dead, Ryan. He's like, the girl on the couch? No, she's just sleeping. So it's not even like Heather. He's saying, the girl who's on the couch? No, she was just sleeping. Yeah. And when they asked him about the timeline over the past two days, because... That's how long they thought she had been dead. He said his head just really hurt. He doesn't really remember much. He just laid down and slept. And he knows the girl on the couch was really tired too because she kept sleeping. So I just let her sleep. Um, and the, the interrogation went on for like this for two hours. So it had been... Over- I don't understand how they're not going like, we need to get you checked out because you're just the way he's talking even. It's like what you're saying is not making sense yeah not like, in a like i'm you're lying way like in a maybe you don't even know what's going on way like right and and i forth. when i when i watch the interrogation even though i already know what happened in the story I, I it's so hard for me to go why did no one go what the fuck's wrong with this dude is he mm-hmm. on something he needs right to like out. he's like high or something something's like going nothing, on yes okay so it's been six hours basically since the body of Heather and um, Ryan was discovered like in the house together. Mm-hmm. So it's been over six hours. The interviewing detective Dalton uh, realized that something bad had happened to Wallet. He finally was like, something's not right with this kid. Right. And he basically moved closer to him and actually really looked at Ryan's face. And then you see in the interrogation video, he calls in another detective and goes, can you come look at this? And he goes, this is an entrance and this is an exit wound. And then there's another entrance wound, but no exit wound. He's been shot in the face. 
So when they touched Ryan, it's also really sad because they touch Ryan's head and he like whimpers, ow, my head hurts really bad. And they said he was going to have a paramedic look at his injuries. Uh, they basically finally noticed that he had actually been shot point blank, basically in the face twice. How, I just don't understand how they didn't like saw his face is swollen. And like you're saying, it's swollen black and blue. Like he's bruised up real good. Like how they didn't go. We should get just like at least a cursory glance. Somebody that's in well, the medical. It's, whether it's whether they think they're the, it's like actual practice. Like you, that's what they're yeah. supposed to do. Whether they think you're the victim or not, you're supposed to get medical attention before they take you in for questioning. Right. Especially after seeing that. And then his just like strange demeanor that he had right. you would think that even even just sitting in the police car when they're doing the cursory like you know is there anybody in the house we need to know about da, 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 that they would notice something was off and have someone come and just check him out right but. so I'm gonna the go back a little bit so the details of this night are very they don't really know a lot this is what they assume oh. happened yeah he's probably doesn't remember much of anything right around the time that everything happened right so on december 23rd ryan waller and his girlfriend heather kwan were supposed to be having a quiet night in their apartment they know it was on the 23rd because he called his parents and like had said that's what they were going to do okay um and they believed that she was dead for two days or the lividity said she was dead for two days so there was a knock at the door waller started to open the door and realized that who it was which is richie his ex-roommate and there was a gun pointed at him he was trying to prevent the intruder from entering he pushed against the door and was shot in the face they the two men so richie and his father walked into the apartment shot waller one more time just to make sure he was dead turned their sights to kwan who they just immediately shot in the head killing her and then grabbed weapons and computer a computer before leaving and they thought they had just killed both occupants of the house and left so they they broke in to just steal stuff and kill them we'll get there it is believed that Ryan, at some point in that two days, got up, looked around, saw Heather on the couch, said she was sleeping, said my head hurts, went upstairs, went to sleep, came back down, made himself some coffee, drank something, ate something, and just kind of wandered aimlessly around his house because he was clearly wasn't functioning, didn't know right. what was happening. And then he had a headache and he went back to sleep. Okay. And that was just kind of what was happening during those two days. He was just living with his dead girlfriend's body because he didn't know what was happening. Right. His brain just wasn't computing what was going on around him. Right. Um, so the two men were Larry Carver and his son, Richie, who did this for what they be- what people believe was revenge after like an altercation that had happened. Okay. So they were all together at one point and Richie felt slighted. So then they basically did this for revenge. Um, the motives for the shooting vary. Some said that Waller and Richie had gotten to a physical altercation when they were roommates that ended with both men pointing guns at each other. Others have said that Richie hit on Quan, leading Waller to kick him out of their apartment. Uh, but there's really like no information available as to what actually the motive was for this shooting. Okay. Um, so Ryan was actually shot once behind his ear where a chunk of his skull broke off. And then once through the nose and through his eye, puncturing his sinus and brain, chunks of bone and metal were slowly entering his brain where irreversible brain damage was occurring every second. So that's sitting in the cop car for hours when he could have gotten him talking for two, that's six hours of no medical attention as he was slowly getting worse and worse, you know. So after being transported to the hospital, 
Waller had to be rushed into surgery. He lost both of his eyes um, and a large portion of his brain. The staff determined that he had indeed been shot twice in the head. The strength he had showed, though, through the whole ordeal ended up helping the police. They sought Richie Carver, Waller's old roommate, and his father, Larry, for the crime. Uh Um, The Carvers would be apprehended a short time later. In June of 2008, Richie would be convicted of felony murder, burglary, aggravated assault, and misconduct involving weapons. And he was sentenced to a term of his natural life. So basically, he's just never getting out of prison. Right. Larry actually initially could got off because all the the only evidence they had to use against him was a confession that he gave his wife. And okay. uh, when she invoked her rights of marital privilege mm-hmm. on the stand and refused to testify, Larry would get off basically. Right. However, Quan's family, Heather Quan's family, appealed to Arizona legislatures to use what would become known as the Heather's Law. And it is to revoke the marital privilege law after a legal bet. Uh, basically, if your spouse is indicted for like felony capital one murder, right? You it doesn't matter if you know you have to say, right? It's more. Um, it would be more of like a. Uh, yeah, there's it's a special scenario. Yeah. It's not like every crime, but they're for like the major felony murder cases and things like that. It's not a. You right. don't get a, your spouse doesn't get a, a pass. get out of jail like, free pass because you won't testify. You have to testify if you're indicted. Right. After so, like a lengthy legal battle of whether the law could apply retroactively to Larry Carver's case once that it had been passed, mm-hmm. the court ruled in favor of the state and Carver was reindicted in November of 2011 on first degree murder, attempted first degree murder, burglary and aggravated assault. Following a 10-day trial, the jury deliberated for two and a half days before reaching a verdict of guilty on all counts. Good. Um, It's still unclear uh, as to why the police took so long to recognize, like, the state that Waller was in. Right. Uh, Possibly because they thought he was responsible for killing his girlfriend, but even so, he should have been given medical attention. Like, that's the protocol. Mm Mm-hmm. And none of the officers involved in the case were ever penalized or reprimanded for their negligence when it came to care for Ryan. And Mm. he would suffer seizures as a result of his injuries. Um, His parents, he had to move back into his parents and they had to be his full-time caregivers. Um, He would live for 10 years after the ordeal and he died from a seizure when he was 28 years old. I mean, me, if I were one of the parents or him or whatever I just because of medical expenses that come with it I would have gone for a civil suit to just be able to pay that stuff because and I think there there was some right um just because protocol wasn't followed so that legitimately is a civil issue right and that's I don't know if you can yeah dude that's that's what he looked like you can see the bullet hole in his nose yeah in the picture like it's not well and like i understand that maybe they didn't think that it was that he was shot like maybe they thought he got clocked in the head real hard you know like and he was just out of it from that but either way if he has brain damage of some sort, they should probably get him checked out and make sure that he's not like having a hemorrhage or anything. Yeah. Oh. So. Dude. 
Yeah, no, I've I've heard that story. After you started getting into it, I've heard it. It's on my list of things that I wanted to look into a little closer mm-hmm. for, you know, for this. Um, so I was like, there's so many names on there. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it sounds familiar, but I don't know. And then he started and I was like, oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so fucked. Yeah, it's a, I was like, are you? And then you can't, there's like, no, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. There's like nothing. So I had to like, I listened to like two YouTube videos and then um, I listened to, they had the interrogation on those. And then um, I found like bits and pieces like throughout the internet randomly, but like, Mm -hmm. it's so fucked up. Like, yeah, it really is. Poor guy. That's just so, well, and poor girl, obviously, like I don't want to glaze over the fact that she was murdered, but Mm -hmm. just the fact that first basically they both were murdered right and he was like a zombie though yeah like you would think I just I don't understand how in any aspect and there's I couldn't like corroborate this so I didn't really put it in there but there was some like on reddit and things where it was the detectives in this case like speculation that it wasn't the first time that they had zeroed in on someone and just stopped looking at anything else they had kind of like blinders on when it came to like murders investigations like there have right, been other open, issues close them up as fast as they can right. gotcha. um with the specific detectives in this case um and i know like the parents were very there's a couple of comments actually that they had posted from the parents that are like they obviously they place blame on the police department for because for he got he got, got progressively worse in yeah. that six hours like obviously know? they couldn't have stopped him from getting shot by this guy like that's right not and it had already been two days of damage mm-hmm. but then it but was an additional six hours of should have been able to get medical, medical attention care yeah so i yeah that's that's very so. frustrating and sad mm-hmm you're welcome, guys. Good, hey, good job. <laughs> Thank you. Is you ready? I am ready. So, I am going to tell you the story of Nevada Tan, aka Girl A, aka okay. the Sasebo Slasher. Or it's Sasebo. Sasebo, okay. Sasebo. I don't know. It's It's in Japan. Um, I did her best. A, well, I listened to a few different things and everybody said it different. So I don't know. Um, but Nevada Tan, not her real name, by the way, because mm-hmm. this all happened when she was 11. So this is just a pseudonym that the internet gave to her basically. But okay. in a lot of the articles, she was known as girl a, uh, but she was born November 21st of 1992 in Sasebo, Nagasaki, Japan. Okay. Uh, her childhood seemed pretty normal. She was a happy school child um, at home, everywhere. She was just, she was happy. It seemed like she was well adjusted. Um, granted, everything that happened happened when she was 11. So that's as much of a childhood that we know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seemed happy. So we're just going to jump right in because, again, not a lot of information. We know how things get kind of hush hushed it's all like hearsay for the most part that I could find which isn't hearsay but you know it it was putting pieces together we'll say right so in 2003 
She was an active 11-year-old and into art and sports. She was on the basketball team at her school. Um, she was very social and she had an IQ of 140. So she was like a genius level IQ. Right. Uh, but when, even with this, she was having a hard time in school. Uh, her mom, which is not unusual, uh, but her mom thought this was because she was too focused on her extracurricular activities like basketball and stuff that she wasn't spending the time she should on doing homework and getting things and studying and stuff. So mm-hmm. she basically told her, you need to be done with basketball until you can raise your grades and then you can join basketball again. And so that's what she did. She had to quit basketball. Uh, after that, Nevada, I'm just going to go by Nevada just because mm-hmm. it's easier to put a name on it. Um, became very like antisocial and spent a lot of time in her room. Her mom, assuming that she's studying because she wanted to get back on the basketball team and spending time on her own, like doing stuff for schoolwork. Uh, she spent time in her room and when she would get bored with schoolwork, uh, she was kind of having a hard time not having social interactions. So she became very obsessed for lack of better terms, with anime and gory horror films. Okay. At 11. I can't mm-hmm. even imagine. I mean, I liked watching things that spooked me out, but I was such a scaredy cat when I was a kid, too, mm-hmm. that everything Scooby-Doo spooked, spooked me out. out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now I'm just like, I'll watch by myself <laughs> in the dark. No problem. What's up, guys? It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so her favorite movie, I guess, was Battle Royale, which is basically like, how do I describe this? So it's a group of students from this school that get sent to an island and kind of like the Hunger Games. Yeah, it's like the Hunger Games, except it's more of like a, I think it's more of a relatable thing because Mm -hmm. it's kids that are like coming from school and they have to basically kill each other until the last one's standing. So, um, this was her favorite one, which is quite gory. I mean, it's not like the best, mm-hmm. you know, graphic wise, but it's gory for a child to be watching. Uh, she made her own website with gore as the main focus. So she had a website that had like a blog, like blog style. Mm-hmm. She would share some of her like gore animations and like talk about different share articles on there and people were able to comment and stuff mind you she made this at 11 so there's obviously some type of mental instability happening yeah something's happening that is not going well and I think that the lack of social outlets kind of Mm -hmm. took a toll on her too since she had to stop doing her things that she did with friends because it was like school and then school at home is what was expected of her right and I think a lot of times people that are that smart are bad at school because they're bored because they're not exactly getting the challenge they need for their level of intelligence or maybe she even just like learns different than here's the stuff do this do this do that you know Mm -hmm. um so she made her own website like I said and she had this like profile that kind of had to like get to know me questions. And so she's like, you know, favorite thing, basketball, favorite animal, cat. Uh, oh, and she said, you know, right there. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> Sociopath. It's gotta Sociopath. Be. It's gotta be. Uh, <laughs> but she said, one of the questions was, what do you treasure? And the answer was, that's a secret. And it had like 
little like not animations but it was um they had the asterisk star in between stuff and it was like I don't understand what this means but maybe you do what do you mean creeper yeah so that's kind of a weird thing Mm -hmm. just random thing that I read uh her blog slash website uh had a bit of a following from her school so some of the kids followed it um but you know kids are mean so and when you're behind a computer screen everybody's fucking mean Mm -hmm. so she started getting bullied and getting some like negative comments from just people at school and people would make fun of her at school about stuff. And this didn't seem to necessarily stop her, but one of her classmates named uh, Sutomi, she was one of her like basketball team members. She was in her class. Uh, She made a comment on one of her blogs that was like calling Nevada fat and uh, yeah just being just being rude you know um so anyway she called her fat and she called her a goody goody that she like at school she's like you act all tough but you're such a goody goody Mm -hmm. and whatever and this really got to Nevada or Nevada I'm trying not to say it like I'm from Minnesota Nevada oh Nevada Nevada Um, this really affected Nevada so this really got to her Mm -hmm. uh she she just she's like this is supposed to be my friend it was one of those moments where she's just like this is a person that I thought of as a friend and now she's being mean to me about things that have no reason to be mean about and Mm -hmm. first of all Nevada was not chubby in the least uh it was just a way to get under her skin I'm sure Mm -hmm. uh but Nevada told Satomi that she needed to apologize to her and Satomi refused to apologize and this ticked her off and then Satomi called her uh pretentious because she thinks that she needs to get an apology like she's not so basically like just sixth grade girl bullshit yeah just stupid dumb stuff that I am not jealous of you know mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm done with that stuff and caring so much about it like yeah mm-hmm yeah we get negative things here and there but I'm like I don't give a shit that's my thing hey bye Um, (laughs) hey bye well you're you're entitled to your own opinion and that's fine I have to agree with it fine so Nevada became very aggressive it seems like after this started the bullying on the website and everything uh she would like push people and like hit boys at school and stuff for no apparent reason um it was about this time that her mom let her join the basketball team again and I don't know if it was because she raised her grades or because she could tell that she was having a hard time with not being on the basketball team Mm -hmm. so she's like you know you can join again and she did but then not long after that she quit because she's just because of her reason her reasoning (laughs) I'm sorry this makes me I don't like playing with my friends was her reason to not very emo. Yeah. To not do it anymore. So whatever it was, she quit. And then she continued doing her gore, like blog stuff and watching gore movies. Uh, She started really getting into a show called, there were a couple different titles that had come up when I was reading and watching things um but I think it was Monday Night Mystery Theater okay which is just a Japanese show that's very similar 
in my mind, very similar to like Criminal Minds, but gorier. So like Criminal Minds, it has the idea of solving these mysteries, finding these bad people, but this showed a lot more. I don't know if you've seen the movie Seven. Yes. What's in the box? Yes. So I think it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. but in tv form because that had its moments of like oh my god that's a little much yeah um i mean not a little much but that's a lot mm-hmm. so anyway so she became obsessed with that she started watching that regularly and according to the descriptions multiple of these episodes showed that people killed people with box cutters which brings us into our next thing um oh good <laughs> Soon after, like, becoming immersed into the show, right, Nevada got in trouble at school for threatening a boy with box cut with a box cutter. So not only did she say, like, I, I'll cut you with a box cutter or whatever, she had a box cutter on her. It was like an oh. actual physical threat of cutting this kid with a box cutter. But it seems like there were no real consequences to it. Like, they probably I just find... assumed it was a you know she's a little yeah. girl I don't know but it seemed like it was kind of a just swept under the rug there was no she's a little information. girl yeah it's just so weird um less than a week later Satomi um insulted Nevada again calling her fat once again just trying to get under her skin it seemed like and four days later something happens can I guess? Yes. <laughs> if you want to. Well, you called it a slasher and you're talking about box cutters. So I can put two and two together to make four. Correct. So okay. <laughs> on June 1st, 2004, it was picture day for the class. So they took a class picture that morning. And then at lunchtime, Nevada and Satomi, well, Nevada told her that, hey, I have something to show you. Come with me. Because again, oh, our- don't don't go with her yeah they're fucking friends like i don't i don't want to see what you have to show me ma'am don't do it so satomi though went with her oh never go Um, to a second location man right they walked to an empty room not only did he go she go with her she like went to a room where there was nobody else and it was like quiet in the hallway at the time don't be suspicious don't they walked to this empty room and there nevada told her to sit at a chair so satomi sat down and was like what's up and then she's like, cover your eyes. Satomi no. refused. Satomi <laughs> refused. So Nevada covered her eyes. And then with her other hand, she grabbed a box cutter and sliced her throat. Oh. Just slit her throat. And then she slit her wrist. And according to like some of the things that I read, it's believed that she just stood there and watched Satomi bleed out. So she slit Satomi's wrist too. Mm-hmm. Oh, her throat and her wrist. I was confused when you said slit her wrist. Just, I thought she saw she slit oh, her own wrist. Sorry. No. But basically, she just she did that to get as much blood pumping out of her as possible and just watched it. And then after that, she just like got up, left her there, walked around the building, like just kept walking around in the hallways, just mm-hmm. silently covered in fucking blood. See, that to me, this is clearly a case of criminally insane murder like you are there's no attempt to hide it or cover it you have no knowledge of what you did was wrong you're literally walking around covered in blood Mm -hmm. just like so acting like everything's normal like i said 
this was lunchtime. Yes. So they had to go back to class after lunch. Mm-hmm. And as the teacher, their teacher, both of them, was like trying to figure out who was all there, make sure everybody made it, whatever. Mm-hmm. She's asking, you know, where, where is Satomi? Where is Nevada? And everybody's kind of looking around. And as she's like asking this and talking about this, she turns and Nevada's just standing there in the doorway no expression on her face straight out covered of a in fucking blood fucking horror movie yeah and so the teacher instantly is just like holy shit thinking something happened to her because she's covered in blood runs over to her and just with like no thought nevada just goes this is not my blood oh just soups cash just and so then the teacher panics and runs out of the room because she's like okay whose fucking blood is it then right so then what happened because that's all she said was this is not my blood Mm -hmm. and so she runs and it's in a classroom that's relatively close to their class she finds satomi in a puddle of blood passed away already like she had blood out so oh my god i just can't even imagine um so she calls the police obviously they call the police instantly they contain nevada she gets apprehended i'm not going to say arrested because technically in japan at this time the um age of responsibility was 14 so they don't really arrest people that are under that age they will keep them in custody for a little bit and figure Mm -hmm. out like what's going on but they don't actually like straight up arrest them um Oh, my nose is so tickly. Woo! Okay, I'm done. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, I totally jumped the gun, man. Anyhow, so when they called the police, they got there, apprehended her. Um, it said that she kept saying things like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I've done a bad thing, and just repeating that sort of stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know that you are, but okay. Uh, when she was asked why she did what she did she said nothing she refused food up until really late into that evening because she was there like all night at the police station they were trying to figure out what happened mm-hmm. um i think an eyelash just fell in my eyeball <laughs> okay i'm just gonna keep going uh so it, she refused any food or drink um finally late at night she did have some juice and a little something to eat and that's when she started talking to them she told them that satomi had been insulting her for how long they took the whole story and that not only like then four days earlier she had again said it Mm -hmm. and that's when she decided that she was going to kill her and she started planning what she was going to do so it's premeditated at this point. Right. Uh, she told them that she got the idea of the box cutter from the Monday Night Mystery Show, uh, and that it's just wild. So Satomi was twelve, and Nevada was eleven. Satomi's mom had passed away a couple of years before, so it was just her dad, and then she had two brothers and Satomi. And her dad had said something about like how this isn't in my notes because I was like, this is extra stuff. But he had said something about how she was like the air that he breathed because after his wife had passed away, she kind of became his his just little girl, little buddy. They were all they would do everything together. Mm -hmm. Um, So this family just kind of had a tough go. It was like 
two years before that the mom died of cancer and Mm -hmm. just just a hard time which I don't want to say explains but also kind of the acting out and pushing your aggression out as a 12 year old Mm -hmm. that makes sense then well 12 year old girls are vicious Mm -hmm. and not only that she had this traumatic thing that was she was Mm -hmm. dealing with you know yeah um the case went to family court again age of not consent responsibility Mm -hmm. is 14 and they ended up so like the UK age of responsibility I think is like 10 in comparison to 14 and I also read that they had just switched the Japanese age of responsibility down Mm-hmm. from 16 because there was like a horrific murder a couple years before that by a 16 year old or by a 14 year old or something mm-hmm. that they were like okay clearly there's a little more responsibility and awareness than we right. thought at 14 so they had just moved it um so that's kind of wild uh she went to ended up getting two years in a facility to like for mentally Mm -hmm. um unstable like criminally mentally unstable whatever and they end up giving her two more years because she was diagnosed with Asperger's and so they were like okay we're gonna give her as much help as we're able to before she's brought back into society Mm -hmm. and it's also another random rumor is that she was obsessed with the urban legend of the Red Room in Japan. I don't know if you've heard of it, Mm -mm. where it's like a computer urban legend where you click, like a random window, like a pop-up window will come up. Mm -hmm. And every time you click it, it gives you another letter. And eventually it like spells out, welcome to the Red Room, or you are in the Red Room or whatever. And then it's like basically a murder countdown type of thing. Um, At least that's what I had read. It's kind of weird. I, it was hard to like figure out what they were trying to say it was, but she had a picture, like her first saved window from her website was of like a illustration of a red room. So they were like, well, maybe she was also, cause she was into that stuff. So maybe she was also into interested in figuring out that. Um, anyway, so that was another just random thing that I found and I threw in here because I didn't know where to put it. <laughs> Uh, her nickname came from the hoodie she wore when she committed the committed the murder because she was wearing a Nevada University okay uh, sweatshirt when she did it, and so it was just and you know that just because remember they took a class picture that morning, so they have a picture from the day that this all happened of both girls. Um, so it, they said Nevada. And then tan is just like the generic, put it at the end. It mm-hmm. made it more of like a palatable sound. Cause this was all on the internet. People were making yeah. like memes of her. People were dressing as her for Halloween. People were, it was mm. kind of chaotic and gross just ah. from everything that I saw. Um, there's also a German band that renamed themselves Nevada Tan. Just, in, yeah, I don't. I don't understand people. So May 29th, 2008, um, she was placed under house arrest. And then at 20, she was basically free to do what she could. And because she was under that age of responsibility, 
all information about her actual identity has been wiped from anything. So that's why I had to go by Nevada mm-hmm. town. Um, so at 20, she was freed and her family and her moved to an unknown location are, and are just assumably living Live, a normal life. Just living life. So it was just, it was one of those cases that I was like, there's not a lot of information here, but it's so fucking weird. And it's like the, they said it's the youngest killer in Japan mm-hmm. on record that they have. And so that kind of caught my eye. And then it was like, showed like an anime meme of her mm-hmm. with a Nevada sweatshirt and she had her like hair and she, it's so weird. I gotta, I gotta show you a picture. Cause that's just what I've been doing lately. I don't know. Um, but she's just such a, like a kid and it's absolutely bananas thinking, here we go. Thinking that this was an actual she is oh just a normal kid i don't know if it's because i know she slashed someone's throat but she looks creepy and oh well it's very fuzzy here the two girls are in the class picture they took that day so there she is the little little tiny one yeah there's the other one yeah so it's it's fucked up dude yeah it was wild. I was like, this isn't real. It sounded like one of those just like made up yeah. stories, but it's not. It's not. Hey, it's not. And I think it sounded made up just because of the internet like hullabaloo that made it like this big deal. And it is a big deal, but like made it mm-hmm. dramatized it into like an art piece almost. Right. So that is the story of Nevada Tan. And Satomi, unfortunately, that it's just so sad. I just can't. It's that wild. Is, it's. I just I can't fathom that. Like it's just you're, eleven. There's something incredibly wrong in your brain to cause you to do that at eleven years old. Mm-hmm. I don't. I yeah. I don't, I don't like it. I don't know, man. And like I said, all this stuff, like. I'm just going to put a like blanket allegedly on it because a lot of this stuff was things that I could just like piece together from places. So I don't know that it's all hundred percent exactly accurate. Yeah. But very interesting story. I'd say. I would agree. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, that's all folks. That's, I mean, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. So spread the word spread your damn selves spread the spread the holiday cheer yeah be the holiday cheer meister dude i started decorating this weekend and it smells like a delicious cinnamon apple pie in here because i got a good candle we're gonna start decorating next weekend Mm -hmm. we were going to but chris has drill this weekend so i was all by myself so i'm like i need things to do i'm gonna decorate so christmas has exploded yep that's Chris told Emmett before he left to his mom's it's like are you ready to come home and feel like Christmas punched you in the face <laughs> and Emmett's like what what it's like oh man is just decorating this weekend <laughs> nice oh uh, all right guys all right thanks well, for listening oh my god 
see you later. Oh, Christina <laughs> needs to go take a little snooze. She's she worked before we recorded, so she's been yeah. up since like four this morning. I need to take a nappy nap now. Okay. Okay, well bye. Bye.